time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Hey, this is Lee Balkum, and this is the Thrivology Podcast. This is the podcast designed to help you thrive no matter what life throws your way. Today, uh, we're recording in my backyard. I decided to come out and get a little more nature because that's actually one of the things that we're kind of talking about today. Not, not so much about nature, although that's a part of it, but about more, about getting more in your life. I've been kind of thinking about this because I... I I think we're so caught up sometimes in the whole process of trying to accumulate stuff that we fail to really focus on getting more of what really feeds us, what really is there in depth. Now, let me first say, I'm not saying that you have to get rid of everything in your life, that you have to strip down to the minimum, although that might be a choice you make for yourself because that might lead you to more of other things. But I wanted to think more today about the more of what's important, about the more of experience, about the more of our life. And I've been thinking about this because this is part of what I've realized kind of led me to transform my life. What was I looking for? More of what I found fed my soul and less of what I found was detracting from my life. If you've been listening to my podcast, you know that um, a little over a decade and a half ago, I got sick. And uh, that sickness, that illness, kind of brought home to me the fact that while I had been talking about resilience and talking about thriving in life, I was not particularly applying it to my own life. I mean, I kind of look back with a little bit of shame that I had spent a lot of years talking about resilience. How can people be resilient after something bad happens? I realized that I had minimized what that really could be about. You see, I saw resilience as kind of getting back to life as normal, you know, just getting back to zero. After I got sick, I realized that there was something else beyond that, that I was really trying to get to something not just to resilience of zero, but of improving my life based on what was going to be big, what was going to be growing uh, and, and expanding into some new areas. That's kind of the beginning point to me of really finding my place. I'd already been working with people to improve their lives. I'd already been working with people to improve their relationships, their marriage. And in a lot of ways, I realized that those improvements, I was trying to get people to zero, to life is being good, right? That a marriage is being good. But what about the exceptional? What about finding a deeper connection, a deeper presence? That's something that's a little bit different than what most of us live our lives. And, and frankly, the question is, what keeps us from living those bigger lives? So one of the things I want to kind of talk about a little bit here is the fact that fear is one of the big places where we tend to live smaller. We live less, not more. And, and sometimes I think that part of what we spend a lot of time accumulating is based in that fear. Sometimes it's, you know, I fear what people will think of me, and so I do certain things, and I want to look a certain way, and I want to uh, have certain things around me so that people will see me in a certain way. I fear that I might be seen a different way. Uh, 
Or maybe we fear what's really calling our names in our lives. We, we fear kind of stepping into a bigger place. Sometimes people choose comfort over the challenge. And when we choose that, when we choose that comfort over the challenge, what we normally are not living more. We're living more constricted lives. Comfort is not always constriction. Sometimes there's a great place for us to be comfortable. The danger is when we are constantly choosing comfort over something that challenges us. I think that part of what's built into finding more is being willing to be challenged. Sometimes we fear that we're not going to look good at something. On a regular basis now, when I'm at jujitsu class, I notice there are people who are risking being embarrassed in front of everyone because they don't know how to do a move, but you know what? They try it anyway. And so part of what I've kind of come to realize is that living more often means that we have to kind of watch our ego because our ego doesn't want to be exposed for not knowing how to do something and not looking our best, not looking our sharpest. And so we have to kind of check that at the door in order to live more sometimes. Because whenever we're living more, we're trying something new. I had a conversation with a person a couple of weeks ago that was talking about how it felt like I was always pushing people to always be moving forward, always be challenging themselves. And that really wasn't my intention. My intention was to help people understand that the process is to challenge yourself and move forward a little bit. You don't always have to be on the leading edge of your life. You can sometimes get used to a little bit, step into something new, let that kind of assimilate, get used to that, and then stretch in a little bit more. And so it's a step forward and and adjusting to it. Think about kind of how you might get used to water, the temperature of water, whether you're getting into a hot tub or cold water. You know, there's a change to your system there. It's a shock. You probably do it the same way that I do it, where you take a step in and you kind of let that get used to it. And you take another step in and you kind of let that get used to it. We've been recently at the beach and the water there was a little bit chilly one day. And, uh, you know, it's kind of we're we're at that place where sometimes the Gulf Stream kind of pushes a little bit water to the uh, coast. And sometimes the Gulf Stream is not pushing it so much. And so it was chilly water on those days when it's not getting us that good Gulf Stream water. And so I remember I, I walked out and I was like, oh, it's kind of cold. And I got up to my knees and I just kind of waited to get used to that. And I went up to my hips and I waited to get used to that. And I got up to my stomach and waited to get used to that. And I realized that I was holding my hands above the water and I was kind of shivering a little bit and kind of holding my face. And I stood there while I got used to that. And I finally went, okay, it's time for the plunge. And so when I jumped in, it was to get the rest of me wet. And, and I think a lot of people do that. Uh, I've had the same experience kind of getting into a hot tub, you know, where you have to get in and let your body get used to that heat. It, it kind of shocks you a little bit. And so you get in a little bit, get used to it and slip on down. And I think that's kind of more what the process is about. It's not so much that you always have to be pushing forward as much as you push forward and you let yourself adjust to that a little bit. And you push forward a little bit more and let yourself adjust to it a little bit. A while back, I was talking with someone who was telling me that they'd always wanted to write a book. And uh, this was uh, one of my drivers on a trip. And I said, well, uh, what, what's keeping you from doing it? And the person came up with lots of reasons why. And they said, you know, it's really hard to think about writing you know, 200 pages. And I said, well, don't think about writing 200 pages. When's the last time you wrote a couple of pages? 
what about the next two pages? Because that really is the process of getting more of anything is kind of stepping into it little by little. Sometimes we think about where we have to be at the end and we miss the fact that there are lots of little steps in between that aren't so scary. If you want to get into better shape, a little bit of exercise is better than doing nothing. Had a, a similar conversation with somebody after I ran the marathon. I was like, you know, I've always wanted to run the marathon, but I just can't run that far. And I said, well, how far do you run now? Oh, I don't run. And my suggestion was that running a little bit would start the process. Instead of focusing on running a marathon, you know, focusing on running maybe a 5K and, and training for that, getting ready for that. That's a lot easier. And then maybe focusing on running a 10K and then maybe look for a 10-miler and then maybe a half marathon uh, and slowly building up. That would be a good way of, of doing that. And here's the interesting thing. At every one of those steps, that's living a little bit bigger. It's living into more. So one of the places that I think we can learn is when we expand our lives into anywhere, it's going to be uncomfortable for a bit. I've got this interesting thing right now that's going on. Yeah, I, I tend to wear for comfort. Uh, and um, my kids would say that, you know, I tend to wear so, a dad clothes. So uh, khakis and a plaid shirt and a vest would be my normal kind of fall wear. And in the summer, uh, since I'm often working at home, I'm in shorts and a t-shirt. And that's pretty comfortable for me. But what I realize is it's not necessarily the uh, image that I need to have for the work that I do. So I ha- recently had an experience where my wife and I decided I needed to update a little bit, maybe modernize my look a little bit. And so I decided I would do one of those programs where they send you some clothes. Some stylist picks the clothes. And as we were going through, I noticed that one of the questions was, tell me what you like. And I realized this really wasn't a matter of what I liked because we always get used to something. That's kind of what we default to. What we like ends up being what's our regular thing. But we can maybe change it a little more by challenging ourselves a little bit more. Whenever I wear something new, I kind of feel awkward about it for a time or two. And once I step into that a little bit, I know that uh, it kind of, you get used to that. Now, that's not what we're talking about today about changing our wardrobe, but understand it's the same kind of thing. Whenever we're changing something about our lives, it can feel a little uncomfortable. We can feel a little exposed and not quite sure where we're going, but that doesn't mean we're not going the right way. When we settle for what's been, we end up getting what we've gotten. I mean, we're all a collection of exactly what's happened in our lives up until now. That's how we get to here. And the question is how we can step into something more. The more that I'm talking about is kind of the idea Gretchen Rubin talks about when she talks about whenever she's faced with a decision, she chooses the bigger life. I've had this conversation with both my daughter and my wife who are fans of Gretchen Rubin, and she talks about the fact that whenever there is a, a place to decide something, that's where she starts to think. How do I choose the bigger life in this? Now, It's interesting when she talks about that, she adds a couple of extra parameters to it. One of them, she asks herself, is does this strengthen her relationship with others? Because of how deeply we are in relationship, whenever we're living more, we're often living more connection. 
And so as Gretchen Rubin is talking about this idea of living a bigger life, it's not where it pushes us outside of relationships, but where it gives a possibility of a deepening relationship with ourselves or with others. We're anchored to that. So a bigger life is usually not buying a bigger yacht or buying a, you know, a bigger sports car. It's usually about some experience or something else that brings us to our deeper, truer self. So part of that whole experience of deepening the relationship can be with others or ourself. Because her second place that she uh, talks about, and I'm, re- I'm paraphrasing and changing a little bit, is does it allow you to be more of your best self? She talks about how it allows her to express her, you know, her true Gretchen Rubin. But for you, is it connecting to your best self? Because sometimes more is some something that can be you know, a little destructive. I talked about somebody who um, he was, he talked about wanting to do more. And I, I said, okay, well, so what would that look like? And he began to talk a little more about more being more socializing at parties. And I asked how that would meet his deeper self, not his ego self, but his deeper self. And he realized that part of what he had been missing was connecting with his true self. The part that really needed expression was not his social self, but his true self, not his, his image, not what he portrayed to the world, but his truer self, the part that looks for something that's meaningful and looks for some place of, of reward. So as we're talking about this, I want you to think about those two pieces. Does this strengthen the relationship with others and yourself? And does it allow you to connect with more of your best self? The first place we want to kind of distinguish is the difference between life and lifestyle. Your life, you know, what you want it to be about is very different than the lifestyle of what you want others to see. Lifestyle for me is more about the the things we put on it, you know, the kind of house we want to live in because we'll impress people or the car we'll drive to impress people or the jewelry we wear to impress people or the six-pack abs to impress people. You know, there are lots of ways that that can uh, be of interest. I had an interesting conversation uh, at a, a gym a while back. There were two different people there. Uh, this one guy, I noticed he kept uh, noticing himself in the mirror, looking, flexing his me- muscles. And the other person was exercising uh, and really working hard, had looked like they were trying to overcome some uh, something else in their life. You know, they were not quite in a, the same shape, and it was a very interesting dichotomy. And so I talked with a guy who uh, was flexing, and he was telling me how he was really trying to put some polish on those, uh, those muscles that everybody looks at. You know, he really wanted for the summer to define his biceps, and he wanted to define his six-pack, and he wanted to really make sure those popped for the summer. He was looking for this because he wanted some image to be portrayed about how he looked. That was kind of a lifestyle piece. And so I talked to the other person who was out really for his life. The doctor said, if you don't start changing how you're living, you're going to kill yourself. In reality, his lifestyle had gotten in his way, not eating well and doing a lot of uh, uh, sedentary lifestyle things and sitting all day had begun to deteriorate his health. And so he was changing his lifestyle 
to find his life. He said, you know, I realized that I, I want to be around. I want to have a better life. I realized how much I was living a smaller life. I wasn't able to play with the grandkids, and I'm not able to go do the hobbies I used to do. I can't take walks anymore, and so now I'm going to change that and get back. So there I was on each side of me. One was a lifestyle reason for doing what he was doing. The other was a life reason. So we can do the same thing sometimes, but part of what's driving it is what's important. If it's lifestyle, there's never enough of that piece. For this guy, the muscles would never be big enough for his lifestyle. The, the d- definition would never be quite enough. The person who's working on his life, he was trying to get to a place where he was living more fully in other areas because of that piece. So distinguish life and lifestyle as we begin to talk about some areas where you might be focusing on choosing more, of living more. These are some places that I think uh, we can focus on and uh, find a deeper way of living. One place of choosing more is more experience. We find ourselves often kind of stuck in the same. The routine often eats at us. And so the question is whether we can move away from our routine existence and find more experience. And there are easy ways of doing that. Maybe it's going and trying a different ethnicity of food for yourself or go to a different part of town to uh, experience that different place or uh, travel somewhere and find some new experience or try a concert that you haven't been to or play or some other art form that you haven't known before. To have some different experience always widens our perspective. The experience of having conversations with people from backgrounds different than us that can widen and bring us more in our lives because we have a broader perspective. So one area we can work to bring more in is by looking for different experiences to have, just simply looking around for a different possibility. If something seems like it's a stretch, maybe that's a place to start and try that experience. One of the things that keeps us from those experiences is fear. So we might have to find somebody who would be happy to accompany us. Either they've been there before or they're willing to experience too. It's always fun to do something that feels a little foreign with somebody beside us that uh, can walk through it with you. So that deepens our relationship with ourselves, but it also deepens a relationship with other people. At the same time, it expands our perspective. So look to bring more in through more experiences. Another place that I think we can find more is more place of meaning and purpose. To sit down and ask, what has brought me meaning and purpose in the past? And if you look back and realize that's been a deficit, to start looking and talking to others about what brings them meaning and purpose. Look for people that are focused on that in their lives. I remember a conversation I had when I was working with a family uh, where there was, it was a family business that uh, the father was trying to get uh, one of the kids to come into, and that child actually wanted to go into the ministry, and they were having a debate, and I realized that the debate was between lifestyle and meaning and purpose. This child wanted to find a life of meaning and purpose. The parent was worried about what lifestyle that would allow. And the, the more was not more money for this young person. More was more meaning and more purpose. And that's where they finally realized is that you can't fill those holes in our souls with more stuff, more money, more stuff. Uh, 
but with meaning and purpose. That's, that's what that place is for. Our soul is filled with meaning and purpose, with finding something that brings us to a, a deeper place. So you may ask yourself, how can I have more of that, more meaning, more purpose around me so that I can step into my life in a bigger way? Another area to look for more is an interesting one. I, I'm using a term that Gay Hendricks uses of living in our genius zone, more genius we have different zones, according to Gay, and uh, those, they start with our zone of incompetence. Those are the areas where we just cannot do it and ought not to do it unless it's an area that we want to improve on. Maybe there's a sport. Maybe you decide to play tennis, but you are completely incompetent in playing tennis. You take on that incompetence in order to learn more, and that's a great place. But a lot of times we spend a lot of time in incompetence that is not about growth. Maybe we have a computer problem and we spend a lot of time working on that computer problem when we are not wanting to gain any competence there. We're not wanting to be computer experts, but we spend it there instead of getting somebody else to take care of that where it is their genius. Maybe we spend a lot of time on some house project that we really don't want to learn that skill, but we feel that we are supposed to do it. And so we take it on and usually muck it up and have to have somebody help us because we're working from our zone of incompetence. If we're wanting to learn something new, like a new experience, new hobby, new something, then we start with a zone of incompetence, but then we, we're trying to move that because we see a passion there. The zone of incompetence I'm talking about now is when we feel that we should know how to do something that we don't know how to do, really don't care to learn how to do it, never want to move in any improvement. It's just there and it's got to be done. And all it does is leave us feeling frustrated, drained of energy, and angry that we don't have that built-in place of competence. And yet there are others who do. So we spend a lot of time sometimes in that Zone of incompetence when we need to pass that on to somebody else. The next level up is the zone of competence. Those are the things that you can do, but probably bring you no joy, and um, that while you could do it, take away from your time to do the other two areas. So zone of competence, it's something that you can manage. You might be able to work on that computer problem, spend a lot of time trying to get it to a better place, when it might be better served by letting somebody else do it in a more timely fashion. The next level up is your, uh, your zone of excellence. The zone of excellence is actually where we often get hung up. We often find ourselves in a job where we can do our zone of excellence, and people give us a lot of praise for it, but it brings us no real deep joy. The place to move to more is what Gay Hendricks talks about as your zone of genius. This is the place where you do it with excellence and with passion. That you both love to do it and you do it in a way that is spectacularly your own process. Whatever that is, it can come from a creative pursuit. It can come from some creative thought process. It's almost always buried in our creativity, the longer we spend doing that, the less we notice we're doing it. So we could spend all day doing that one project because it is both our passion and our excellence. We lose time in that. 
The question is, can we do that more? Can we choose more in our zone of genius? The first thing we have to do is realize that we're existing there. I've talked with person after person who, when they're in their zone of genius, don't even think about the fact that it is their genius because they think everybody can do this and there's no reason that somebody can't do it. And so they don't recognize it's their own place of genius. Sometimes I've talked with people who are like, yeah, you know, I, I just, I couldn't even charge somebody for doing this because I love doing it so much. And my point to them was, what if your job was doing what you love so much, you wouldn't feel the need to charge and you get paid to do it anyway. And that's when we are living through our zone of genius. So we can focus there and look for places where we can live more of our zone of genius. Another area of more is more connection. We live in a disconnected world. It's interesting to me that we have never been so capable of connection with devices, uh, with people from all over. You know, you, you could be in connection with somebody around the world in an instant. You can travel around the world in an instant. We can all be connected in so many ways, and yet most people are feeling less connection. We end up looking at a device for our connection rather than each other. And so one place that we can focus more on is how can we build more connection, more relationship, not with the device, but with other people. And how can we even use those devices to actually facilitate true connection? When's the last time we had that deep conversation with somebody? When's the last time we've had that moment of helping somebody to, to deepen that relationship? So we can look for places where we can have more connection. And the final area that I would challenge you to find more of is more health. Where are the places where you can work on building more healthy habits? Uh, You can maybe focus more on what we put in our bodies, how we rest our body, how we uh, deal with stress, uh, how we move in the world that brings about more health. That really is a linchpin. I realized when I was recovering that this body I'm in This body of mine, this body that is me, is what's got to get me to the end. The longer that body can last, the more I can do. The healthier that body is, the more I can do each day. So when we seek more, it ends up allowing us to do more in all of those areas. So your challenge is to think about that. When you've got a decision, take Gretchen Rubin's advice and choose bigger your bigger life. Choose how to live your bigger life. And a piece of that is thinking about how you can look for more, more that brings you a deeper relationship, either with yourself or others or both, more that allows yourself to be more of your true self, looking for places of more experience, more deep meaning and purpose, more genius that you have within you, more connection with the world around you, and more health in your own life. If this has been helpful, I would love it if you would share it with others. The easy way to do that is just to type in your browser, thriveology.com slash love. That's thriveology.com slash love. That will create a tweet that you can send out from your Twitter account uh, to let others know where to find this. And if you want more help and how to thrive, check out my book, Thrive Principles, 15 Strategies for Building Your Thriving Life. You can find more about that at thriveprinciples.com. That's thriveprinciples.com. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you build your thriving life. You've been 
listening to the Thrivology Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at Thrivology.com or at ThrivologyMagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T-H-R-I-V-E-O-L-O-G-Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Thank you.